welcome to the Pastor's Cut podcast for the week of March 10th, 2024. And that sounded like the ORU choir doing our lead in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was very, <laughs> very full and, and weren't very... They, weren't they great the other morning? Yes, they did a fabulous yeah. job. Yes. I think it was Lindsay that said that she was sitting up in the balcony and she could feel the balcony shake. It made her a little nervous. Yes. We're checking for cracks. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Outstanding. That, that balcony's been there for 100 years. I'm sure it will last at well, least Well, under another... Baptist, though. Oh, Everyone on true. that balcony has always been very still up to this that's, moment. That's true. <laughs> I actually heard David Crowder led worship for a an event at Willow Creek Church years ago, and they got things so rowdy that they actually cracked the balcony at Willow Creek. Seriously? Uh. Yes. Wow. Okay. So it's possible. Well, let's get some inspectors in here and check things out. I think I think we're good for a while. And, and by the way, my opening banter was going to be about music, so that worked in nicely. And I, I walked in, and Marissa. And Brad are on Amazon looking at strange musical instruments. Yeah. What's that about? Well, my dad collects uh, different kinds of instruments. He, you know, he went to Ireland to train <sighs> to learn how to do the Irish pipes, and he just likes different. Mm-hmm. So he was uh, talking about having a harmonium, and we were like, okay. "What even is that?" So what is it? it up. It kind of looks like a. It's okay. Okay, now you're you're testing me. It is a free reed keyboard instrument that produces sound when wind sent by foot operated bellows through a pressure equalizing air. It's the Man. kind of instrument that you want at a funeral. You've got to play that with your whole body. Yeah. So you got foot and <laughs> hands and everything. So we got okay. to get Bruce Wilkin in here. I wonder yeah, if he knows yeah. how to play. Uh, it. I bet he does. I bet you he could. It looks like a mobile, yeah, a mobile kind of accordion uh well, some of, the, some of the old organs, like my grandmother had a pump organ mm-hmm. oh. that had foot pedals, mm. bellows, if you will, yeah. and, and they had you had to pedal while playing. So this order. this is maybe a hand organ. That's yeah. maybe yeah. that's yeah. what yeah. it, yeah. it, yeah. it yeah. is. Yeah, that sounds better. A foot yeah. organ. Yeah, a foot organ. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, well. So my my trivia today, or my question, my lead-in question was, and and I have three people who are musicians here. Certainly, somebody knows this term. What does the word staccato mean? What is that? It's this sharp, pointed. Brad probably knows the textbook definition. Short yeah. and detached. Short and detached. Nice. Okay, that's like my hair. It's short. Nice setup. That was a Brad joke. That way it was. I it, did not say that. So, <laughs> so as I'm preparing for this text uh, that we're going to look at for March 10th, um, Jesus gives three staccato instructions. Mm. You like that? I do. Mm-hmm. Ask, nice. ask, well ask, done. Seek, knock. It's it's. And the, and I wouldn't say they're detached, but there's these short, punchy commands on prayer. So, Marissa, I'm going to ask you to read this here in just a moment, but get the big picture. We're still working through the message on the mount. Jesus talks to us about our character and the Beatitudes. Then he talks about a Christian's influence, your salt and light. He talks about a Christian's righteousness. It's not relating to the law. It's relating to him. It's not being religious. It's being in a right relationship. And he talks about uh, Christians' habits, uh, our giving, our prayer, uh, our abstaining from things for spiritual benefit. And he talks about um, a Christian's ambitions, not only what we treasure, but also the anxiety that often riddles uh, what we treasure most. And now, as we turn the corner into the last chapter of the message on the Mount, Matthew 7, Jesus is going to talk about our relationships. And we've already talked about our relationship with those we're tempted to judge. Now... On the other end of the spectrum, here's our relationship with God and what our relationship with Him ought to look like. So the text for this week is Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 12. So Marissa, would you read these staccato instructions from Christ? Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. 
Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. Very good. So we're going to handle verse 12 separately by itself here in just a moment, but the bulk of this text talks about prayer. And if I were leading this community group discussion, if I were doing this study, I would probably start with an opening question. And assuming you have a lot of Christians in the room, what's one good thing you've learned about prayer over the years? What's one thing that either has, you know, you heard somebody say or that you've lived or that you've experienced? Um, for me, that go-to counsel is don't plan to pray, just pray. So right then, when something comes to mind, you don't have to bow your head and close your eyes, but you can lift your heart. And right then, right there, offer a prayer to God. So don't plan to pray, pray. Dave, if you were to say one thing that you've heard over the years or have experienced, what, what advice would you give? While it's cheesy and overstated, prayer makes a difference. And sometimes we don't see the fruits of it or the ramifications of prayer because there's something happening in the supernatural behind the scenes. But God truly uses our prayers and partners with us in prayer to, to help advance his mission, whatever that may be. And so never hesitate to pray. Absolutely. In fact, one of the pictures of prayer from the book of Revelation at the throne of God is a a container in which he keeps the prayers of his people. So they're valuable to God, and they do make a difference. Marissa, mm -hmm. what you got? I think a wonderful thing to do as you're praying for other people is to ask how they want to be prayed for. Yeah. And that's always been your advice, um, to find out how we can join each other in prayer, how we can lift each other up um, by those prayers and, and pray for the hopes of other people. Yeah, especially in the hospital or if somebody's facing a, a dire situation, don't assume, we know. And then I often tag that with as well. I said, that's how I'm going to pray until you tell me differently. Mm, because yes. sometimes people say, pray for healing. But there's going to come a time with some people that they go, okay, I've, I've resigned myself. This is not, I'm not going to recover from this. Mm -hmm. And so that prayer needs to change. Mm -hmm. So let's look at uh, what Jesus says, his counsel uh, concerning prayer. And there are three very staccato commands that he gives. And, and they really are not disconnected with with one another, but it's it's the idea that, um, or, or each word is a little more emphatic than the one before. So there's an ask, and then at first you don't get what you ask, then seek, it's a little more urgent, and then knock. So let's just take those commands. What do you, what do you guys got? What do you bring to the table? Well, I like that you said that it was a staccato um, prayer, or instruction towards prayer, which yes, in English it sounds very, it's very pithy, it's very ask, seek, knock. Yeah. But uh, the, the action that he's requesting is something that's very persistent and drawn out and continuous. Um, it's a drone rather than, oh. than staccato notes of, of just always being persistent, always asking, always seeking, always um, knocking um, with an intensity and persistence that never lessens. Yeah, keep on and don't stop. And, mm -hmm. and many times we pray for something once or twice and we, well, I didn't get the answer I want, but what about... There comes times we pray for things for years, many mm -hmm. times. Yeah. So I read that was actually uh, the series of three like that was actually a rabbinical tool that Jesus is using to draw his, his audience in a little bit more to say something about prayer that ultimately we don't just stop at one thing, we don't stop at two things, we keep going, we keep pursuing, and we find our solidarity, we find our identity, we find our, our grounds for maybe an antidote to worry that he just addressed a couple of minutes yeah, exactly. ago to our antidote to judging people that we addressed mm -hmm. last week. 
by building a relationship with God. And there's something to asking, seeking, and knocking that's not just a one-time event, but it's an ongoing conversation and dialogue mm-hmm. where, where Jesus is really inviting his listeners to create a conversation with God and find an identity rooted in that relationship with God. Mm-hmm. That's right. So here we have the, the great counsel of Christ, and, and I think a lot of people overthink prayer. And, and hear me out on this, because people, people know what they want, they want to ask God, and they get hesitant all of a sudden. You know, mm-hmm. is it okay to ask God for this? And, you know, what if this isn't God's will? I think Jesus gives us permission here. Whatever you want, ask for it. Whatever you're looking for, seek it. Knock, start beating down God's door. Because I think the only way to learn how to pray is to start praying. Mm-hmm. And then over time, if you're praying for something that is out of God's will, He'll change your heart, or He'll change your prayer, or He'll reveal Himself a little bit more. And I, I don't think we need to overthink it too much. I've prayed for some crazy things before, mm-hmm. you know, and the only way I learned to pray was really by making some of those mistakes. Mm-hmm. And so God, He is infinite, He's eternal, He's majestic, but He's also our Father. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I've had my kids ask me for some knuckleheaded things over the years, <laughs> but I would rather them ask me and me have to correct them than for them to be too afraid to ask me at all. Yes, mm. yeah, yeah. Yeah, we should pray with the, the confidence and persistence of a child. Um, this teaching comes on the heels of the Lord's Prayer in Luke 11, and um, right after the disciples asked Jesus, teach us to pray. So, you know, Jewish children were taught how to pray before they even knew how to speak. And the, the disciples had known prayer. They had known, um, you know, uh, their identity as God's people. But to consider God as their father in that kind of relational way was far too intimate, far mm-hmm. too familiar. So Jesus, in his life and in his, in his teaching and his prayer, he was breaking down those par- barriers between his people and God, trying to show them that you are his children. He loves you. He wants to know you. He wants to talk with you. And just like you were saying, if, if God, as our good father, decides that what we're asking for isn't good for us, you know, he, he'll, his answer might be no, but we're to ask him. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. So Jesus will illustrate that now. And there's two, you know, staccato parables. I just can't let go of that word. No, it's, it's a great just, word. It is. It's it fun is. to it's say. It's a good word. There's these real <laughs> punchy, punchy parables that he gives. And actually, Luke adds a third one to this. Uh, and... And just think about what he's saying here. He's comparing the Heavenly Father to our earthly fathers. Mm-hmm. And even though we have imperfect knowledge, imperfect motives, we still know how to give good gifts to our children. How much more? And so there's a contrast here. And Jesus uses three illustrations. Uh, if he asked for bread, would give him a stone. Well, if a child is hungry and you give him a stone, that's absolutely useless. God is not going to give us useless things. Um, if he asked for fish, would he give him a snake? Now, if fish was clean... A snake was unclean, mm-hmm. and it mm-hmm. would not be within the kosher diet of a Jew. So why, why would God give you something that is not good for you? And then Luke will add a third punchy parable and say, if he asked for egg, would give him a scorpion. And um, in that part of the world, the scorpions that are indigenous to the Middle East, uh, they would roll up, and they would look very much like a white egg. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you kind of Rude. squint. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? Rude. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So, so if you're looking for something that's good for you, is, the, is God going to give you something that's dangerous? Mm-hmm. And I think in these parables is that, uh, you know, again, that, that permission, we can ask God for what, he, what mm-hmm. we want because mm-hmm. he's only going to give us what is nutritious, what's good for us, what will be good to us, what will be good for our long term. He's not going to give us anything that's destructive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. 
And there's something about praying as, as we continue to pray, as we continue to create that dialogue and that conversation as God gives us stuff, we, we also learn his will, like Jesus taught at the, the, the Lord's Prayer, you know, for his kingdom, God's kingdom to come, God's will to be done. As we build this dialogue, as we build this community with him, ultimately, as God gives us good things, we start to recognize what's God's will versus what's our will. It teaches us to discern within ourselves what, what's really not lining up with God, That's right. and we learn how to surrender that to God. I think you know we have that room to make to make mistakes. You yeah. know, if I were leading this discussion too, I might throw it out there. I don't know how many people would fess up to this, but say, "What's the nuttiest thing you've ever prayed for?" <laughs> uh, you know, I think at at some points we've all prayed for money. Um, mm-hmm. One time, my my car's uh, heater wasn't working in the middle of winter, and I laid hands on my dashboard and asked God to heal the <laughs> heater. You know, and I, and I was a, I was a poor student. I didn't have much money, but. Really, what I needed to do is I needed to take it to the mechanic. You know, God, yeah. God had put in front of me the opportunity to, but I was just looking for the quick way out. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I've, I've not laid hands on my car in a long, long time. <laughs> is that a lack of faith, Marissa? I think it is. Okay, I thank think you. it is. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and as yeah. a good father too. I mean, to go back to that, um, you know, I don't cook dinner just when my kids ask me. I cook dinner anticipating their needs. Um, so, if we're providing for our children's. Um, thriving, and we want them to grow. If our good Father in heaven wants us to, uh, you know, provide for our eternal thi- thriving, our spiritual maturity, He's going to give us those things before we even ask for them. So maybe that might be something that your community group a- uh, talks about. You know, we provide for the needs of our children, not because they demand it, but because we know what's best for them and we want them to survive. Yeah. So mm-hmm. what does that mean theologically? And do you believe your father is good? How does that change the way you pray? Do you believe he is a good father who wants to give you what you need? Yeah. I would also encourage, if I'm leading this, I'd, if you're an older adult, throw your kids under the bus. Mm, okay. You know, what are some crazy things your kids have asked for? And and what what I've noticed, and now that my kids are adults... <laughs> We look back on those times, and it almost has created intimacy because, hey, you know, you remember, Kara, when you wanted to get the tattoo? Aren't you glad we said no? <laughs> because, <laughs> because whatever tattoo you want at 16 is not going to be cool in your 30s, right? It's true. It's mm-hmm. true. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not against tattoos. In fact, I've been trying to convince Paula to get a tattoo with me for years. Yeah, yeah. P- please pray for her. Well, one of the best things my husband and I did together was get tattoos together in it's, Jerusalem. So see? Oh, look at great. that. Yeah, we see? have uh, matching tattoos. So. Uh, yeah. So, um, I'll talk to Paula. In please. Jerusalem. Let's put, so <laughs> when, when you go to Greece, when you do the, to the, the, Paul, yes. the Pauline tour, yeah. you could get a tattoo. Yeah, get a tattoo. Yeah. That, that'll be my gift to Paula. Yeah. Now she won't do it. So, you know, <laughs> but, but even those crazy things our kids asked over the years, it has created a sentiment intimacy because it's almost funny now, right? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I think we can look back on some of those things we've done with God before and go, God's just kind of shaking his head and he loves us anyway, right? Right, right. Mm-hmm. Now, before we move on to this last line, uh, and then I have a big application of prayer I want to roll out to you here in just a moment. But Dave, do you have anything else about this area? I, if I were leading the discussion, I would even back up a 10,000-foot level and ask, why do we pray and, and maybe even define how... What's the purpose of it? What's the theological impetus for it? It created conversation about the value of prayer, the importance of connecting with God, even maybe as a group define what that looks like, because that yeah. may be helpful for the conversation. And then maybe even also talk about what happens when you pray. Yeah, that's good. You just kind of take that big picture look. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. Um, okay, so now let's go to this um, verse 12. You know, when we talk about staccato, this really does seem disconnected. And I, I don't know quite what to do with it because Jesus is talking about prayer, and then boom, 
But now remember, the larger theme of this section is our relationships. So in everything, do to others what we, you would have them do to you, for this sums up law and the prophets. So I don't know if, if y'all see a connection here that I'm not seeing, <laughs> but this almost seems to be just a standalone statement. In my translation, it's a part of the same paragraph. Yeah. I would probably do a paragraph break there, but I, I don't know what y'all think. I wouldn't. Really? Yeah. I, okay. You know, in Luke 6.31, you have the, the kind of the traditional placement of the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And it's kind of wrapped around this teaching about loving our enemies. But here it's at the end of the prayer section. So I would say that this is to not just look towards ourselves and our own family and our own self's needs as we pray, but as we pray for ourselves, pray for others likewise. Oh, that's good. That's um, why we have a teaching team right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and it also means the reverse. So many people are really concerned about asking for prayer or asking God for the hopes of their hearts or, or the, their needs. So it's saying, you know, if you'll pray for other people, you know, allow other people to also pray for you. So good. many times... Mm. I've been praying with like these wonderful, faithful, mature prayer warriors, and you ask them, how can I be praying for you? And they'll turn it, and they'll flip it and say, well, what I really need is for you to pray for so-and-so. Even in the hospital, when someone is really, really hurting and needing healing, they'll be hesitant because we've kind of been taught that asking for prayer for ourselves is selfish. Um, mm-hmm. And um, they'll, they'll say, well, who else is in the hospital? Let's pray for them instead. But if you think, if, if I am a good parent and my child, I, I ask them how they're doing and what they need, and they always change the subject. Like, how would that make you feel as a parent? I want to get to know you. I want to know your heart. I want to know your needs. And so that do unto others, you know, also allow them to do those things unto you. If you define prayer as building intimacy with God, building a connection with God and growing closer to Him, Mm -hmm. wouldn't the result of prayer be that it can't help but spill over and impact others and impact your relationship with other people? And, And so... I would think then that we're going to naturally want to care about others, at least as important as us, if not more important than us. Okay, y'all changed my mind. Yay! We, we we'll did keep, it. We'll keep Success. it. We'll keep it right there. I'm sure Jesus would be glad that editing his Can you not edit? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and maybe that is, and, and we've we've talked and bantered a little bit around. You know, sometimes we pray dumb things and mm-hmm. stupid things. Um, maybe one of the safeguards against that is as you pray. How does it affect not just you? How does right. it affect all mm-hmm. the people around you? And maybe that's a safeguard, yes, some yeah. bumpers there against, okay, I don't need to pray you know, for this or that because it really doesn't benefit right. the common good. It's selfish. Yeah, when, to, when Jesus mm-hmm. taught us how to pray, he taught us to pray our Father, our to Father. consider mm-hmm. ourselves as a larger body of believers, church of God. So, yeah. 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 Okay, so I've got an announcement to make, but first, are we leaving anything out? Anything y'all really want to say? I'll save it for the pastor's guy. I'm guess. good. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, so in line with this, and I'm prayerful <laughs> that we're going to make this deadline, but uh, March 10th is when we're teaching Ask, Seek, and Knock, and March 10th we have our deadline. And we might we might be running a few days late, but I'm, I'm hopeful as of today we'll make it. We're going to open a prayer room here at First Baptist Tulsa, and it will be where the Race Massacre prayer room was uh, a few years ago, just off our worship uh, center just outside our worship center across the worship center corridor and it is a 12 station interactive opportunity for prayer and it there's so many things we need to be praying about that on Sunday morning it's hard to put everything in there and so these 12 stations again will be interactive it'll start with God focusing on who God is uh, and also uh, what God has done and there'll be an opportunity for you to to write some things on a chalkboard of what mm-hmm. God has done we're grateful for and then 
There'll be the opportunity to pray scripture and praying for others, uh, praying for ourselves. Just some examples. Uh, We have compassion centers all over the globe. So one station is going to be a huge wall of all of our mission partners and all of our compassion centers and all the hot spots around the globe. You know, we should be praying for Ukraine, praying for what's going on in Israel. And there'll be an opportunity to pray over the entire world and to pray over um, there'll be a a larger version of the 4x4 card. Hmm. And people will be invited to write the name of somebody that they're praying for that they would meet Christ. So I would encourage if you're a community group leader, uh, maybe one Sunday you talk about prayer. Uh, don't do not do this on, on the 10th. I'm not sure we'll be ready. <laughs> but maybe you take your community group up and walk through the prayer room. Or you yourself personally take time to pray. And so this will be, this is not a temporary addition to our church. It's a permanent addition of this room. It'll be ever-changing. We're going to continue to update the interaction, and uh, some of the static stations will change every two or three months. One of the stations is an opportunity to pray for one of the specific ministries of our church. Mm. And so for the next few months, we're going to be praying over our caring center ministries, particularly our south campus as they serve the immigrant population, our downtown campus as we're moving the downtown campus into our north building. So that's a big move. Mm -hmm. So we should be praying about those things, right? So hope I've made that clear. Uh, We'll talk about this more on Sunday morning in the midweek update, and probably on one of my midweek updates, I'll do kind of an on-location midweek update to see where that that room is and what it's about. But you'll hear more about that. Take the opportunity to pray as individuals, as groups. Let's obey what Jesus teaches. Ask, seek, knock. We good? Yes. Brad, you got anything? You've been strangely quiet back there today. I have nothing to you have add. nothing. Okay. <laughs> Good for you. Thanks for asking that. You're, Brad, you're an important part of this team. Thank you for saying so. <laughs> How's your mom doing? Uh, all's well. All right. Tell <laughs> her I said hi. I will do that. Okay. Okay, that's it for the teaching team. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face to shine upon you and grant you peace. Now and forever. Amen. 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 Amen.